I want to talk about love in the form of so many things, but I want to start from love of self because I think so many of us are trying to cultivate self-love, but have nowhere, no idea of actually where to start. Mm -hmm. So when we think about self-love, what is that in practical terms and how do we cultivate it in our lives? That's a great question. Now, here's the thing about self-love. First of all, we have to acknowledge what it is mm. in order to try to achieve it. Yeah. So what it is, is the foundation mm. of what we birth the rest of our love from. Welcome back to the Healed Girl Era podcast with me, Gia Peppers. For episode six, we are talking all about love with a woman who is perfect for the conversation, Dr. Love McPherson. Known as America's favorite relationship expert, Dr. Love is a certified marriage and family counselor with over a decade of experience in helping individuals and couples get ready to experience healthy love. As someone who has been single for longer than they'd like to admit, I really wanted to have a conversation about cultivating self-love and how to restore the parts of our hearts that have been broken. So listen as Dr. Love and I talk about that and more and get out your notebooks y'all you know the gems are going to be crazy let's get into episode six hey everyone welcome to a new episode of healed girl era the podcast i'm gia peppers and i am so honored today to be joined by the one and only dr love mcpherson she is a powerhouse speaker author a certified okay certified life uh, what now i want to make sure i say it right is marriage and family yes, therapist certified <laughs> marriage, marriage and family, family therapist yes. <laughs> author life coach all the things but today we're going to have a conversation about love and the power of reclaiming your heart and i just love that you're here with me today we're gonna say love a lot today y'all if y'all drinking uh wine or something that's gonna be your drinking word you know but no <laughs> i love that thank you dr love for being here it is such an honor to be with you we spent a few days yes. on a bus together yeah, and, shout out to woman evolve this and, is my second woman evolve yes, interview uh -huh. y'all go to woman evolve a lot of a lot of things come out of it okay See? you run into amazing people but you all dr love spoke so beautifully at woman evolve and i was so inspired by the that, but also our conversation on the bus. Yeah. And you, she works quick, y'all. We was on that bus about 30 minutes. And in 22, she had me thinking <laughs> about life differently. So I was like, I had to have you on this oh, podcast. I am so honored. I just, I'm excited about today. Yes. Let's go. Let's, Let's get go. into it now. <laughs> This is going to come out in the good love month, February, which is going to be so amazing. It always makes you think about one Black History Month, but two love. Valentine's yes. Day comes up, triggers a lot of us. It It, it is a day of celebration for some mm. of us. But I want to talk about love in the form of so many things. But I want to start from love of self. Because I think so many of us are trying to cultivate self-love, but have nowhere, no idea of actually where to start. Mm -hmm. So when we think about self-love, what is that in practical terms and how do we cultivate it in our lives? That's a great question. Now, here's the thing about self-love. First of all, we have to acknowledge what it is mm -hmm. in order to try to achieve it. Yeah. So what it is, is the foundation mm -hmm. of what we birth the rest of our love from. And, and, and here's the thing, 
when you have self-love, it doesn't just flow over to romantic love. It flows over to the love you share to your children, the parents share to each other, friends and things like that. So unhealthy self-love actually can spark dysfunction, abuse, neglect Mm -hmm. on all sorts of things. So so with with self-love, there are some relationship skills Mm. that we have to master. Mm. Some of the relationship skills that will we will master for ourselves and then spill over to each other, to other people, is this. The first one is compassion. Self-love requires compassion. Compassion is the foundation. So what happens is the way that people have treated us will uh, impact our identity mm-hmm. and how we see ourselves. So if we are being treated like we're not enough, if we're being treated like we're a burden, if we have been neglected or rejected, a lot of times what we will do is we'll take that as a self-worth issue and then we will actually see ourselves through the eyes of our abusers, the people who neglected us, the people who rejected us. We have to look with fresh eyes at ourselves with compassion like God does. Mm. And so as we look at ourselves, then we reprogram anything inside of us that has uh, spoken lies about who we are, has has neglected our, our own selves, yeah. rejected our own selves. And, and that requires self-talk because it was talk. It was behaviors that got us there is going to be talk behaviors that will get us back to a different place in life. I love that. That's the the behavior, the talk, the self-talk is so key. When I think about like my own healing journey and my own return to love, shout out to shout out to the, the author who wrote that book, uh, Marion. Marion wrote that, right? Or Belle. Was that Belle? <laughs> Belle, because I'm thinking about Marion's is something different but love. Uh, a return to love, Belle Hooks. Shout out to her because that book really broke it down in ways that were way too much for me to handle. I, I only got through half of it. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm going to get to the other half. But, <laughs> but when I think about a return to love, I thought about the space that I wanted to create for my heart to be important again. I mm. think for so long, I neglected my own heart because no one asked about it. No one cared about it. I got so um, content with showing up as the version of me that was business and girl boss and uh, striving to be a hustler and all that stuff that I forgot about my heart. And when I really sat down and realized that I had neglected my own love, that started from self and it get, it went everywhere else. And so for those of us who haven't even had the time to sit with our hearts and really check in yet, where do we start on our journey back to self-love? One of the things you have to do is make a decision. Mm. The first thing is a decision. And then, you know, I took a a CPR class, Mm. right? And one of the things that it tells you about when you are at risk of stroke and things like that, or you see somebody who's suffering from poison or any kind of emergency situation, the emergency alert action uh, steps are, it is um, check, call, and care. Wow. And, and actually, it's the same uh, formula for an emotional heart. Mm. Check on your heart. Take a look and examination before you start 
messing with people who have fallen or look like they're suffering from heat exhaustion or have the injury. You have to first check mm -hmm. and ask questions and ask questions about yourself. What that last relationship, what happened there? Mm. Who am I now that I wasn't there then? Mm. And see, trauma is uh, the Greek word for emotional wound. So there may be wounds that has happened to your heart. There may be just pain, but pains are indicators that there's something deeper that's happening physically and emotionally. Mm. There may be a disease that, that you have in your heart that has come from serious uh, generational trauma. Mm. See, that's been stored up, right? Mm. So you may be in what stage or generation of trauma are you in? And so you have to go first and do a checkup on your heart. After that, the next stage is call. Mm. You may have to call the, the, the psychiatrist or a book or call on Jesus or call to call somebody who can help you Call usually means 911, but call somebody who will help you professionally, mm. who has the ability to and train to not further hurt you. Mm. The, the last stage is care. And now you have to decide now that I know what's wrong, now that somebody is about to help me, I got to care enough to make sure I'm okay through the healing process. Mm. This is so good because the generational trauma part, I never even thought about with love or your heart. Like I know that mentally we carry those things. I know that in our wombs, our, our, we existed in our grandmothers, grandmothers, like our eggs existed there. Like I know that we carry DNA, but I, for some reason, the heart was one of the things that I just didn't equate to carrying the pain and things like that from the heart space. How do you identify if it's generational how, when you're asking yourself those questions? Good question. What you do is you look for patterns. Mm. And just like anything else, you look for patterns of behavior. Look back and see what are you doing and repeating dysfunctionally mm. that your parents did? What are you doing to yourself that somebody else did? Now, here's the thing. I don't know anything about your life or any of that. And, and this may be, this may not be relevant. However, but you made a statement. You said, I stopped looking at my heart because nobody else was watching it. Mm -hmm. Well, some people are saying that in relationship to, to childhood trauma, mm -hmm. that nobody was watching their heart. Sometimes there are parents, not yours, I'm just talking in general. There are parents out there who are living their own life, who have also had dysfunction and are not used to taking care of themselves or anybody else as far as in a, in a loving way, yeah. in a healthy, loving yeah. way. And so what ends up happening is you'll repeat traumas and, 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 and things from the past and, and everybody will continue to pass on their traumas of heart pain. Mm. The, the, that's the foundation. That's the, that's the organ that's pumping blood, oxygen, Everywhere. life to you. So the heart is really the heart health, emotional heart health is what keeps functions and relationships together. So if you're not checking on your heart and you're saying, handing this heart to people and say, handle it with care. Mm. But you're not handling it with care. You're asking for somebody else to do more for you than you've done for yourself. Lord, okay. We are 11 minutes in, I've been dragged. <laughs> I think that's so important because I, I, my, my, my family is so close and we are amazing and amazing support system for each other. But I think 
all oldest siblings have the trauma of being like, they didn't, they didn't care about me in the way that they, you know, we all look at somebody else in our, our, in our siblingships that think that we think that they got treated better. They got more attention. And if you ask my brother and sister the same, they'll Absolutely. say the same thing. They'll be like, well, you got treated better and you, and it's funny, but I do, I do remember feeling like, you know, kind of alone sometimes in my childhood because I think the great thing about being the oldest is that you absolutely get two or three or how many siblings you might have best friends that are God-given. But at first, you're like, well, I didn't ask for the responsibility or the role modelship or the any of that. I just want to be a kid. And so I do think that maybe somewhere along the way that is it might have been a foundation there. And I don't want to go too deep into my mom's sure, story sure, on sure. this, but I my mom has been through some things and had to figure it out. And I think that she absolutely was doing her at her best in showing us how to be people who could absolutely take care of themselves financially, physically, spiritually. She bought us to church. She was like, whatever I don't have, God's going to give you, which was a great thing because we still love God from the way that she taught us to love him. And now we have our own relationships. But I do know my mom has had her own trauma. Her mother had her trauma. You know, her her mother had her trauma as well. Um, and so I think that's the power of the generational, like, yeah. So, so let me ask you something. Do you love your mom? Oh, to death. Okay. So let me, let me tell you something. You asked me earlier how to manifest our own self-love, right? And I told you about compassion. What you did was you looked at your mom, you saw her faults, you saw her pain and you had compassion on her and you chose to love her in spite of her faults. You chose to love her in spite of the fact that maybe she didn't have the capacity to give you everything you needed, how you needed it because of your personality type. Mm -hmm. But in spite of all of that, you have compassion on your mom and the, the compassion shows up now as a graduated uh, relationship of love yeah. to death, yes. to life. Okay. Yes. And now let me tell you something. What if you can look at your own self? And see what you've been through. Mm. See that there were times in your childhood where you had over, uh, you were, you had all these responsibilities. You just wanted to be independent. In spite of that, you you give us, you gave in your mother grace yeah. for being a, a new parent. Yes. You're giving her grace because of what she's gone through. You're giving her grace because of so much. That's what self-love is. Mm. You give yourself grace. You see that you've made some mistakes. You see that you don't have everything you need, but you love yourself anyway. Mm. You treat yourself good. You attend to yourself. And see, I don't care wh what level of need you had as a child that maybe your mom wasn't in tune with. If she needs something, Gia's gonna show up. Oh, yeah. And guess what? When Gia needs something, Gia need to show up. Amen. There Gia it is. need to show up for Gia. Mm. We need to show up for ourselves and stop expecting other people to show up for us after we have neglected ourselves and they have to pick up the pieces of what we didn't do and also fulfill their own responsibilities. What does self-neglect look like in practice? Like in day-to-day -day life, just for all of us so we can see it, 
call it out when it happens. What does self-neglect look like? You know what? Self-neglect looks different for different traumas. So for a person who is, say, a parentified child, so that person has been uh, a parent to their siblings or a parent to their parent, maybe the parent was on drugs or addiction or something like that. So for a parent, a parentified child, in order to survive, they had to say, guess what? The only way I get to survive is through this adult in my life. And I know that. Therefore, I will do whatever I need to do in order to survive. So they start mastering skills of survival. Mm. So some of those skills might be uh, being a good girl. Mm. I'll be the best girl, mommy. So if you could just love me and, and accept me, I'll be the best girl. So now this person is has that skill. And every time they go to places and, and engage in relationships, they're just trying to be the good girlfriend or the mm. good friend. Or, and, and they neglect themselves when they want to set boundaries because they have learned and mastered and believe that the only way to get love is to be the good girl or to assume the role of your parent. You don't really want to be a parent. You kind of want to go out and party mm. or you want to work or you, whatever you want to drink. So guess what? I'll parent you. You don't have to parent me. I'll parent you. I will give up my childhood to be a parent. Mm. So now they parent their parents or they parent their siblings. And they, and in order to do that, they have to be hypervigilant. They have to understand survival skills when they are uh, taking, they have to know how to lie mm. because you can't, you got to know how to get to school and not make it look like my parents weren't Oof. there for me. All of these different things that they have to master in skills. But a lot of times what happens is this, because of those childhood wounds and those childhood skills, they never stop to say, I don't need those anymore. Mm. I can change that. I am not in survival mode. I'm okay. I need to learn how to have a different relationship that's healthier. And so and if they continue, they will have codependent relationships where they're like, oh, you don't have to be the boyfriend. You could just be somebody I take care of. And you could just not have a job. And I'll, I'll, I'll work and you don't have to be a husband. You could be a child or mm -hmm. a, a baby man mm -hmm. and you could just play games and take my car and go see your girlfriend while I go to work. You understand? These are some of the things and I'm speaking to women, but yeah. it, it can be other Anybody. things for men. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is understand in practical terms, what you, your default switch is. Mm. When you take a, a, a television home from the store, there's a, a settings and you have to adjust the settings to get lighter hues and things like that. But there's adjusting a factory setting. Your factory setting is what you learned at home. Mm. But sometimes that's not what you want to look at every day or nobody else wants to look at. Mm. You have to adjust the settings. Sometimes the programming is limited mm. and you need to buy some apps for some more programming. And what I'm saying to you is in relationships, Sometimes people don't want to look at that screen looking at it like that. It's pretty dark. Mm. Sometimes you have a limited programming. You only know how to holler when you get mad. You only know how to, to, to retreat. You've got to learn how to some different programming mm. and not continue to retreat back to default setting. <laughs> you was talking general, but you were talking to me. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, <laughs> because I am being, I'm hor I've learned 
one thing about dating, okay? It's a lot because you have to put yourself out there you and be vulnerable. And you don't know if these, this man has the greatest intentions for you, but you just have to show up because what if he does? And, and then, you know, well, if I don't say how I feel, then I can't really be upset if something bad happens because I didn't really say how I was. I mean, it's all these things. And in this day and age, dating is so much harder to connect because it's also if if you go, come from apps especially that space of just liking and like it, it it feels like a game sometimes like even more than it everybody always says dating was a game love is a game love is a losing game shout out to Amy Winehouse like everybody's <laughs> always said that right but but I think it it got exacerbated with all of the things all of the bumbles hinge raya whatever you're on it feels like it's a game. And so I'm even more terrified of the dating experience because I don't see it as a game. So I'm having, I'm having trouble allowing my vulnerability to lead me in those situations where I don't know if my heart is safe yet, but I don't wanna not be myself. So what do I do? <laughs> One of the things that... <laughs> Well, All of that. Well, well, you know what? What I love, you've already checked, okay? You've checked that your heart has some fear in it, yes, right? Yes, And so uh, we know that that's a problem because that's a symptomatic behavior. Fear is a symptom mm. of something that has gone wrong that has caused some kind of fear, mm. okay? So, so at some point, somebody treated your heart like a game, and it was hurt at some point i i don't know you yeah, uh, or yeah. your love life yeah my, i mean i'm i can i've se several points um if i'm being completely and totally honest i think i it was probably all the way from my first love to the last guy i really really liked and like showed my heart like there's they they have all treated it at some point or another at the end of it like it was a game and I think I started to be like, mm. like I haven't had a serious relationship in years. I think I started to be like, it ain't even worth it. These, these, if this is what's out here, I got too much to do. Like you said, and like the Bible said, all things flow from our heart. If my heart is hurt, I can't show up as a host. I can't show up as all, like I can, but I'm limping through it. And so I started to put my career before everything. And like I said, yes, that helped me be successful, but on the back end, I hadn't checked on my heart. And so now that I'm re-entering the dating space, I do want to be better at creating space for my heart to be safe, but also having the discernment to know where not to show it. And here's the thing, you can have the discernment, but people have their own will. Mm. And you have to accept that. You you really do have to accept that you can't control somebody's soul. Can I, they're, I know. They're, the soul is your will, the your, your, your desires. God does not control our soul either. Mm. He would that we choose him. He would that we choose life, but he doesn't control that space. Mm. So relinquish control. Relinquish control. And if I get hurt, I get hurt. But you know what? You'll recover. Mm. You'll you you will be okay. It's see when you're the healing process. The reason why why you're working on you is because you'll see that 
you don't really get to kill my heart. Mm. You may put it in a painful position, but I have the resilience to come back. Mm. You will never control. See, you're talking about control. So a lot of times we want to control externally. But guess what? What about focusing on self-control where you say, I will never, and it's not about not letting you in. It's about understanding who you are, loving yourself enough where you there is a boundary between falling apart mm. nev- n- and not recovering. You may feel pain. You may feel fall, fall apart. But you know what? A lot of times, especially in, 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 as Christians, when we are in pain, we don't immediately, just because the doctor says something, oh, you got fibroids, or yeah, we don't, oh my God, I'll never recover. You immediately start thinking, okay, what do I do to get better, right? Yep. You have to take on the same uh, mindset in relationships. Graduate them slowly. If you, the, the apps will be more manageable if you were looking for a friend, mm. they they don't even qualify to get to the next level until you first interview them as a friend. Mm. You understand? It takes the pressure off. You just if a friend is somebody you okay, maybe I can. You're you're kind. Maybe you know all of these different things. Take the pressure off of that, and and let your heart take baby steps up the ladder. Yeah, especially if it's been injured. Let it take baby steps. Also, understand the condition. Is it a good enough for the long haul? Now, I'm going to give you an analogy, and then I'm going to come back to what exactly to do about that bro- about a broken heart, okay? Yeah. So years ago, um, I was in the Chicago, one of the, the marathons here in Chicago that happened in the summer. I was living downtown on the lakefront. I would watch these people have these marathons. They would block off Lakeshore Drive on my, and I'm on the 21st floor. So I can look on the balcony mm. and watch it. And and I decided I was going to train for a marathon. Mm. Not a marathon, a half marathon. Okay. That's a, that's a okay. Because I went from zero walking to, to, to it was going to be, what, 13.1 miles. That's and amazing. So, yes. That's and so amazing. we trained all all the time. Right about six weeks before the marathon was about to happen, I had an injury and hurt my ankle and twisted it. But I was just so, I just, and, it, and I was off of it. And I was on crutches. And it was time for us to decide whether we we're going to have the, the marathon. And I just thought, I said, and my husband and I was training together. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. Well, let me tell you something. Did I come in dead last? I tell you, it was horrible. It was, it was, and, 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 and because I was still hurt and I was not really prepared and healthy enough for the long haul, while I was out there in that, oh, those streets, I, this is, this is the thing. I'm Love McPherson, right? I'm used to being like, oh, yeah. This is what I saw out on the street. You can do it. <gasps> They're feeling sorry for me. So now that's a blow to my ego. Then I'm trying my best, but but I'm I'm trying. And all I'm thinking is I could cut through that alley. Cause see, these people then went down the street, they on their way back. I could cut down that alley and cheat. So I'm thinking about cheating. Mm-hmm. Then we went past our favorite breakfast restaurant. I was like, Tony, well, let's just turn in and have breakfast and forget this marathon. So these are what I'm doing all while I'm trying to achieve a goal. Mm. 
I say I said that analogy because a lot of times you see the same type of uh, behavior in romantic relationships when we're not ready. Ugh. First of all, we're looking to see, are you pitying me or how you really treating me? Even people who, you know, around us, we, we, cause we are, we are insecure about our own performance until we are reading sympathy that we don't want out of the, 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 the eyes of other people. Mm. So we're getting angry at people who are trying to take care of us. Mm. They had water, they had claps, but I was upset with them for feeling sorry for me. Mm -hmm. The second thing is cheating. Yeah. Just cheat it because I'm scared. Let's self-sabotage this. Let's just go to the breakfast place. Let's do all because the whole time my ankle was not healthy enough for the long haul. Relationships, marriage require a long haul. It requires skills. It requires fitness, emotional fitness, heart fitness. All of that has to be intact in order to make it happen. Eventually, a bus came past mm. with all the slow people, moved us up a little further to catch up with some of the other people, and then I did cross the line. But I didn't really cross it and do all up 13 miles. Mm. Sometimes we say, this is all I have. I need to stop and get help. Mm. We need to humble ourselves and receive the help so that we can get across the finish line. That might be counseling. Yeah. That might be whatever it is. Yeah. And what I'm saying to you is this check after all those relationships, you know, you still want it. You want love. You desire love. In fact, even the little girl wanted love. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people didn't give it to you, will actually resurface her yeah. where she will feel once again, like good people, they might've been decent people, mm -hmm. but they just didn't see you yeah. and didn't manifest your needs. And what I'm saying to you is you still overcame, but this time decide maybe I should look at them and I don't, I don't have to be completely healed. But I need to be healed enough to say, as you're as you're as you're out there in the in the dating pool in the streets in the right in the <laughs> streets. But in that dating pool, if if you pull up a a, a goldfish, mm. be healed enough to say, too many bones. Plus, mm. they be having disease and stuff. I'll throw Shh. it back. Oh, it see because the bones. If I try to cook a goldfish, the bones could hurt me, mm. and the disease can kill me. Mm. Throw, be healed enough to throw back a goldfish. Be healed enough to, to spot dysfunction. Mm. Be healed enough to choose you. Mm. Be healed enough to see you. That's what, you know what, just, it's managing some of this stuff, but be healed enough to actually go the long haul when different seasons of relationship happen. <laughs> be healed enough to choose you is a word that I needed today. Okay, this was good. Okay, you said you were gonna get to how to heal a broken heart, but I do wanna touch quickly, cause you said so, oh Lord, you said so much, it was so good. I, you said- I did, I do want, do you want me to touch on the, the, the broken heart? Yeah, touch on the broken heart, but there was something else that I, let me think for two seconds, cause I think, I, I, and, and that's the only thing I need my pen sometimes so I can write down my good questions. But, oh, dating as a woman of faith. Yes, cause you talked about that a little bit. Now, Dating as a woman of faith in 2024, 
is not easy. Everyone, we can pretty much say that for black women who want to get married to black men who are straight and, you know, single, the numbers are a little bleak out here. It's not, it's not, you know, a hundred percent going to happen. There's a lot of women I know that are single and amazing and believers and accomplished and all this thing, all these things and want love and it just hasn't found us. We haven't found it yet. Um, dating as a woman of faith, navigating the space is hard enough if you don't have certain beliefs. It adds a little more pressure when you're like, okay, I, I need to get into heaven. You know, like, <laughs> I, I would like to, I would like him to be like, well, you, okay, almost, we got to have a conversation, but I at least still want to get in. What is the, what, what would you tell women who are trying to make sure they're in the dating world, you know, coming across like you do want to date, right? I think a lot of women in the church, we've been raised to be buttoned up and, um, you know, modest to a fault to the point where men don't even know that we're interested in dating, um, especially in this day and age. So how do we balance that? How do we open ourselves up to allow dating in our lives without losing ourselves to what we know to be true about faith? And, and you know what? That last statement is probably the most powerful statement in that question to what we know about faith. Mm. because a lot of times what I find is people have read the Bible, but they don't know the Bible. They don't know what they read. And, and, and here's the thing. We are having expectations, Old Testament expectations of, of dating without even a resemblance of what it looked like. Mm. Okay. So, and, and I don't want to give a Bible, a whole big long Bible thing, but Dating looked, it, it, it was very different. Marriage was very different. Yeah. It was, you know, it was the little girls got married and we, we it was a transaction between the and father the and, all, and, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Okay, so now we have adult women who have careers and who are trying to, to marry and things like that. What we have to do is, first of all, we have to say, is everybody going to die married who want, wanted to be married? Just look around. Do you see people who have passed on and never gotten married and wanted to get married? I have. Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with that? Mm. What if that is the life you live? Mm. So should you be fixated on marriage or should you be fixated on life? Mm. And here's the thing. Even when I say fixated on life, and it is, I'm not trying to minimize it. It's not easy, but what I would say to single women, whether you're in the church or not, you all live your best life mm. because a lot of times happiness is, 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 we think we will be happy, happier. Cause we see single life. People say, Oh, you, you, you might be saying I'm happy single, but you, we are, we've told you you'll be happier mm. married. Mm. And if you look and stop and pause, that's not always the truth because relationships is a character building factory. Mm. So relationships is what brings you to look at yourself, self-examine and began to create work related to it. So when you're asking for marriage, 
Besides, and, it, and it's honorable, the companionship, I'm, I'm not neglect, you know, uh, uh, negating that that's important. Yeah. But what I am going to say is this. A lot of times we don't know what we're asking for. Mm. We don't really know because when we do that, we are really asking to see any childhood wounds, any childhood traumas, mm. any to any pain, any type of fears be exposed. That's what we're asking for is full ex exposure to someone else. And then we're asking them to love us in spite of and to love ourselves in spite of. Mm. And so what I am saying to you is this. It's a good thing. I've been married for 40 years, but I've had to learn and see different things about myself. So what I would say to a, a, a married woman, a, a single woman in the church is this. Enjoy your single life. Create a bucket list. Mm. Don't wait. It's kind of like you ever wait, say, oh, I'm going on a vacation in the summer and you've been waiting, 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 and it's raining on yeah. that vacation. It's a big letdown. No, I'm not saying it's going to be a letdown. That's not, that's my, my confession. But what I am saying is this live every day to its fullest and don't compromise your values mm. because your values stay true to your core values. Your core values is who you are. Yeah. It is your, the, the core is your place of reproduction. It's like the core of an apple. It is that birthplace of, of reproduction. Mm. So if you uh, reject, neglect yourself and your core, then you have turned on yourself for somebody else. And that's too big of a price to pay. Oof. So what I am saying is this, what you are doing, you're, you're, you're being successful. However, don't use it as a distraction, mm. but use it as a place of purpose. And I'm not saying you have, have don't have it as a place of purpose. Mm -hmm. What I am saying to you is make sure it's not fueling a distraction and not and an avoidance mm. to have to deal with the trauma. Mm. Do both. Yeah. As you are healing, as you are healed enough, as you are open. The last thing I'm going to say is if you want a relationship, you got to date. <laughs> yeah. You won't just come you got, to my yeah, door. Okay. We, we, the, the Rapunzel <laughs> effect is just probably not. Okay, let down my brain. Yeah, 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 okay. We got to get okay. out there. <laughs> But 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 the main thing is that you 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 have realistic expectations. Yeah. You are healed enough. You don't compromise. You take a stand. Understand the realities of what the Bible talks about. Make sure you don't over glorify, over fantasize mm. what you saw and read because you are reading with Western eyes. Mm, that's good. That's really good. That this this is also helpful. And I think the, the real, there's so many things to take away, but one, the dating, getting out there and dating and, but also trusting that I'll be okay is key for me. Cause I yeah. think I haven't said that enough to myself. I'm big on self-talk. I'm really big on journaling. I've just gotten back into therapy and that's been game changing for me. But I think the most important thing is like that, that hard work. I haven't really done enough of that call, that check and that care. And so I'm really grateful for the, for all that you just dropped on us. And I remember what, what I was about to ask. So you were saying in one of your answers that 
we have to manage our expectations. Don't go too far in. My issue is, yes, I want to be your friend. But after three weeks, I'm already planning the wedding mentally. I've already <laughs> had our, our, our house where we're going to live. How do I tailor my Disney-fied expectations? <laughs> like, it's just the, like, it has, I can tell you from the time I was 13 to the time I'm 33, three weeks is all it takes for me to be fantasizing about my life with this human being. And I wish I was lying to you. Now, I don't go there. I won't say that. But but mentally, it's already started. How do I calm the fantasy down and make sure that I'm not like putting too much on a person that I'm still just getting to know? And Why do we do a, that? That is so important because that actually is the answer to a lot of your fear. Whew. Okay, y'all, we are going to take a break right here. I told you this episode would be filled with gems. Dr. Love has so much more to share about self-love, about dating as a woman of faith, about cultivating and creating space for our hearts to heal. So we are going to drop part two of this interview next week. Stay tuned and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube to be the first to know about this interview when it drops. Thank you all so much for listening. Follow at Healed Girl Era Pod for more and follow Dr. Love at love underscore McPherson online. We'll see you next week.